0: Uh, sermon is um, is one that I think that we all deal with, and uh, we all struggle with with some trepidation sometimes. And um, the, the things that we've heard people that we've we've even said is uh, this isn't fair. Why did this happen? And Maybe even some would even say these words, but what about what? Ha- what? What? It, how it affects me? What? 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 Are, how come my feelings don't count? Why is it that? Um, why is it that somebody else can get away with something and and um, and it's just, it's not fair to me. And um, so today's le- today's scripture is. What about my feelings? What, where, what about me? Um, uh, I, I can I can think of many times when I've when I said to teenagers, um, "Will you do this for me?" And their response is, "What am I going to get out of this? What's What's in it for me?" And um, today's scripture and and all that is going to try to go around those types of uh, thoughts. To start us off with this morning, uh, I read a, a, a thing about Muhammad Ali. I don't know if you remember Muhammad Ali, but he was he was in the heyday when I was a younger younger person and a younger adult, and um, Muhammad Ali and uh, float like a butterfly sting like a bee you know the there were phrases that came out of his mouth that nobody can beat me and he was just all about that and and uh he was just really flamboyant and uh you know you can imagine that he didn't travel coach he traveled when he traveled on a plane he traveled first class and it just so happened that he was on this plane traveling first class and the stewardess comes up to him and as the stewardess is supposed to do and you if you've ever traveled on a plane the stewardesses will walk down through the middle and they'll just look and see and like when you're getting ready to land they'll say could you put your seat up and would you would you put your tray in the upright position and um, one of the other things that they say is would you put on your seatbelt? Well, she looked at him and she said, uh, excuse me, sir, could you put on your seatbelt? And you know how Muhammad Ali was. He was just, he, he looked at her and he goes, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And she looked at him very quickly. She responded, which I love these type of people that can respond so quickly. She looked at him and said, "Superman don't need no plane. Get on your seatbelt." You know, you know. Sometimes people can get too proud of where they're at and who important, how important they are. And we've all, we've all thought this how come how come they can cut in line that's not fair and and we take you know it's it's really part of our our pride i want i want what's due me and that kind of thing i'm going to talk to you about three three men in the bible that you know and you know them because they are not just when we think about how the scriptures got expanded and how it was how, the, how it came out was that these three guys had a lot to do with that, and the first one that i want uh, that I want to talk to you about this morning is a guy by the name of Peter. Now <clears throat> we all have different opinions of how Peter was i you, When I look at Peter, the first thing that I think of is when he um, uh, when he denied the Lord. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. But there's a lot, of, if you think about it, Peter was with Jesus for three years. And so there were things that he learned as he was with uh, Jesus. And I do want to let you, I wanted to give you some other additional history. Um, Peter um, Peter died about 64 to 68 AD. There's, I don't have the specifics of, what that time was but when you think about this it was about 30 to 40 years after the resurrection and after his time with Jesus but Peter when we think about the New Testament we think about a man that really came into his own after the resurrection and if you look back then three years earlier when he was starting his ministry with Jesus I want you to get the image of, in John chapter um, one, he looks at this guy, and he sees Jesus looks at this guy, and he says, "You are going to be called Cephas." And so he changes his image of where he was at before. Everybody knew him as Peter. Now he's referred to as Cephas as as this this kind of rock. And aren't you thankful that Jesus didn't look at him right then and say, you're going to deny me. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't look where we're at, but he looks at where he wants us to be and where we're going to be. And he, he helps us To get deeper because he believes in us sometimes when we don't believe in ourselves we we we, when when we look in a mirror we see our mistakes we see our faults we see our failures but god's looking at us and saying i believe in you i want i want you to get through this i can help you through this peter was just an ordinary fisherman he was impulsive. Sometimes he acted without thinking. But he was brave and courageous. But even when, just think about this: even when Jesus was arrested, what happened? He stood behind. He didn't want to be involved with it. He didn't. His his thinking still was, "I've got to watch out for me." And yet when Jesus saw Peter, he saw a rock. He saw where Peter was going to be. Um, if, if, we go, if we go a little bit further in, in the book of John, we see that in, in chapter 6, and I'm just going to give you some general topics before we get to the actual scripture. In chapter 6, Jesus has just done the feeding of the five thousand, and they've seen this miracle, and he then um, he then makes this information known. He says in chapter six, he says, "Unless you eat of my flesh, and drink of my blood, you are not part of me." Man, this was just too much. This was cannibalism, and these guys are a bunch of wacko nuts. And, and he did, they didn't understand it. You know, when we look at it now, we, we, we totally get what was going on. But we're looking at it from hindsight. They're hearing it from the words, you know, eat my, blo- eat my flesh and drink my blood. Oh, my goodness, what? I'm not going to, there ain't no way I'm going to do that. Well, all of a sudden... People are starting to leave. And and he looks at the disciples, the disciples that are around him, he says, are you going to leave me too? And here's what Peter is. Peter is, now he's grown a little bit. He's not so um, impulsive as to not just run off and and say, I want to get away. He says, where are we going to go? Who, who, who are we going to follow? We know that you have the words of life. We want to follow you. And so determination in his mind was then, it's not just about me. It's about what Jesus wants me to do and wants me to follow him. Well, we see here that even in this time, in chapter 6, Jesus even looks at the disciples and he already points out. Remember, this is years before this happens. He says, you know, many of you are going to follow, but there's one of you that's a devil. And he calls out um, he calls out Judas for, for the betrayal that he's going to have. So Jesus already knows what's going to happen. He already knows where Peter's going to be, and he's encouraging him to be the man that he should be. He says, but you have the words of life. Jesus is not forcing us to follow him. He's not saying, you've got to do exactly what I tell you to do. He's just saying, follow me and do what what my sayings are he wants us to realize that if we want to walk away just like the other followers he says if you want to walk away it's your choice but he says you need to make a choice are you gonna follow me or are you not gonna follow me what are you gonna do And even that decision comes still today. Our choice is, are we really going to follow him? Or are we just going to go to church and do our little things and say I'm a believer? Or are we really going to get down to business and say, no, even though it may not feel right, I'm going to follow what God tells me to do. You know, the third instance of of what Peter is here is now we're close to the end of when before Jesus goes to the cross and Jesus comes to the disciples and he says, I'm going to wash your feet. And Peter says, here he goes again. This is about me. I'm not going to let my master be humbled before me. And Jesus says, if you don't let me do this, you'll have no part of me. And you see, Jesus wants us to realize that in the simplest of ways, sometimes we want to put up the resistance that I don't want to do what you tell me to do. But God, help us to come to a point to where we say, God, I want to do everything no matter how silly it seems that you want me to do. Jesus is is trying to get across to Peter that it's deeper than just following something and doing something. It's really about listening to what God wants us to do in this world. Even in the verbs of this story, we see the recurring theme of Jesus is going to cleanse us, he's going to wash us, and he's going to allow us to be clean, and if we cannot be clean, we will not have fellowship with him. God wants us to realize that the expression, in, even in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, It says, we are cleansed by every every sin because of the blood of Jesus. God wants us to realize that he cleanses us from that sin. So, we see Peter as the first guy. And again, this is all just introduction, sorry. Peter. The second guy that, we want, that I wanted to share with you and talk to you about is a guy by the name of James. James. Now, James, he died. What's strange to me is these, these guys all died about the same time. Um, around 62 to 69 A.D. They don't know. And we see that this James, James is called the brother of Jesus. And when we look at James in chapter 7 of John, just to give you some historical that you can look it up and you can see for yourselves, that um, his brothers came to him and said, you need to go to this other town and get out of our town because they'll believe you. And it says in this portion of scripture, it says, For even his brothers did not believe who he was. But you see, John chapter 7 to Acts chapter 1, all of a sudden his brothers are all on board. So something must have happened here between this time that they became convinced that Jesus was who he said he was. So we see this John, the beginning of John, we see that his brothers are hostile towards him. But then we see in the book of Acts chapter 15, and I'll I'll share some of this with you. But in Acts chapter 15, there's a conversation between the leaders of the church. And here's what it says. When they finished, James spoke up. He said, brothers... Listen to me. Simon, Peter, has described how God first intervened to choose a people for his name from the Gentiles. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this as it is written. After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins will I rebuild and I will restore it and the rest of mankind may seek the Lord "'Even the Gentiles who bear my name,' says the Lord, who does these things. Things, long, "'Things known from long ago, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult "'for the Gentiles who are turning to God. "'Instead, we should write them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols.' from sexual immorality and from meat of strangled animals and from blood. For the law of Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times and is read in the synagogues on every Sabbath. James was speaking up for the church leadership, saying we need to accept people that are outside of our belief system." You know, there's people that are around us that we look at them and we say, what is wrong with them? They're searching, just like others are searching, for an answer of what is this life all about. God, help us to be the people that open up doors that are accepting of people that are struggling, struggling with addictions, struggling with pornography, struggling with their marriages, struggling in life. God help us to be the people that reach out. James said, we need to reach out to these people. This is the second guy. James said, now, you may say, well, where does that come from? I looked it up. Isaiah chapter 65. I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask me. I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that was not called by my name. That they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations who are called by my name declares the Lord. Verse 17 says this, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name says the Lord who makes these things. God wants us to reach out to people that are outside of our circle. so we see Peter we see James we see the third guy now the third guy is one that I just uh, I admire so much Um, Paul used to be Saul converted matter of fact if you want to read about Paul's whole history Acts chapter 7 is when He is standing there in front of, um, with the other leaders um, and Pharisees, and all of a sudden they're stoning Stephen, and he's holding their coats. Um, You know, at this time in in Paul's life, he's probably not thinking, um, he's just thinking I'm just a young kid that, uh, this is i 'm going to do whatever I can to help out the leadership and i 'll hold their coats. Have you ever stood by and watched something that you know is wrong being done and you didn 't do anything about it? Paul was standing there and doing something that he shouldn 't have been shouldn 't have been involved in and didn 't have the guts to stand up to say it now. We see in Acts chapter 8 then, we see that Saul says he began to destroy the church. So he's going from house to house. He's dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Now he is all in. He's all in about this change of of getting rid of these Christians. From my understanding... He was about 30 years old, is what I, what I could find out. And he was about 30, and you see that he is now, um, now trying to get these Christians out of here. Have you ever done something, and then later you found out you shouldn't have done what you did? I have. It's frustrating to me. I look back, and then I go, Man, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have acted that way. I'm sorry. And I got to go back and apologize. So Saul was trying to destroy the church. Acts chapter 9, we see then his change. It says there was a conversion. It says that Saul was on the road to Damascus and as he was there um, a light shone in and blinded him aren't you glad sometimes when the lord helps us not to see our current situation and allows us to reflect on what's going on so here's another thing that i'm thankful for i'm thankful for ananias who's ananias Ananias is the guy that God says in town, I'm going to send a guy in town and his name is Saul and I want you to take care of him. Ananias knows about Saul. Saul is no secretive guy that is um, hiding from the, the Christians. Ananias is afraid, but he says, Aren't you thankful for guys who say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. It may not look good, but I'll do it. I want to to follow your word. Even though it may not seem like I should be doing this. Well, we see in Acts chapter chapter 9, we see this change that's occurring. And so now we have, these three guys, and of these three guys, there are three things that we are asked to do, and I, I want you to understand that this is all. This is all still some just leading up to the scripture. There are three things that we're supposed to do. Two of them, according to what Christ is, and then the other one was a follow-up from what Paul is now sharing. First thing was, we're supposed to, according to Matthew chapter 22, then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, what's the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus said, the Love the Lord God with all your heart. And the second, the first. this is the first and great commandment, And the second is like that. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Those two things. Love God. Love others. Love God. Love others. The other thing that I I think that's important for us to, to see here is this third thing. And this was found in Acts uh, chapter 16 and it's in its Paul and Silas are praying in the church or praying in 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 jail and they heard a earthquake the foundations of the prison were shaken immediately doors were opened everyone's chains were loosed and the keeper of the prison awake from sleeping seeing the prison doors were open supposing the prisoners had fled drew his sword was about to kill himself Paul called out with a loud voice saying don't harm yourself for we are all here then he called for a light ran in fell down on and trembling before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and he said sirs what must i do to be saved now here's what here's the third thing that i think that we need to be we need to make sure that people understand he says believe on the lord jesus christ and you will be saved you and your household then they spoke the word of the lord to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them that hour of the night and washed their stripes. They had been beaten. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. And when he had brought them into his house, he stood before, set food before them. And he rejoiced, having believed God with his whole household. And here it also says in Acts chapter 3, Repent and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, and the refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord three men Peter James and Paul now you say Tom what how are you going to tie all this together I want to give you this image of what the scripture that we're going to be looking at now and this image is Paul writing to the Corinthian church he's not in Corinth Corinth was a big it was it was like the capital of Achaia. It was it was the big place to where a lot of industry was moving in. A lot of people were making a lot of money and there was a lot of things going on and he was trying to get the people of this church. He was there for a year and a half. And as he was there, he tried to help them but then he left. He went to Ephesus. And as he's at Ephesus, he starts hearing problems that are back of the church. Uh, dissension, believing in four different um, leaders, um, Apollos, Paul, and Jesus, and I can't remember the other one, but there was four, and, and, and he's writing back to try and help them to gain some more insight. And here's what he says. This is the key of what we're going to be looking at. First Corinthians chapter 15, and I've read this before, but I didn't notice the connection between these people. And so Paul is talking in First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brethren... And he, remember, he's writing to this Corinthian church. I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you. He was there. Which also you received and which you stand. By which also you are saved. For if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Verse 3. For I delivered to you... First of all, that which I also received. Who did you receive it from? He received it from God. So this wasn't a hearsay, I heard this good preacher. Here's what he said. He heard from God this word. that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures here we go and that he was seen by Cephas Peter then by the 12 why didn't he mention the 12 why did he mention Cephas After that, he was seen by 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James. Why did he pull out James? Then by all the apostles. Why did he name the apostles again? Then last of all, he was seen also He was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Verse 9. For I am least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or whether it was they, so we preach and you believed. Three guys that are pulled out of this scripture that he's saying these are three guys that I want you to know about, not just the followers, not just the apostles. Why would he pull out those three guys? I want you to look at what I've already shared with you about their history and what they've gone through. Peter denied the Lord ran off and and hid behind the crowd and and did things that Jesus was like Peter get a hold of yourself and and James his brother who grew up with Jesus and and didn't believe that he was who he said he was and probably had a whole lot of guilt Paul who who was a man who persecuted the church had people killed and flogged three guys that when you look at their lives they've done things that they are so embarrassed of and you've heard you've heard people say oh well that's what people are going to think of me I might as well do what they think God help us to realize that we can be better than where we have been God help us to realize that there's a change that can occur because of Jesus Christ dying on the cross and cleansing us from our sins. Corinth was this ministry on his second missionary journey and he was able to convert several influential people and consequently remained there. Because he had a special connection, and he wrote this letter to the Corinthians in about 53 AD, about 10 or 12 years before he passed, before he died. Paul was writing to these Corinthians because they had divisions and they had things that were happening in their church that they were separating from one another and they weren't being united, united, unified because of pride. Pride will kill us if all we think is it's most important for me. When are we going to get to the realization that God has chosen us to disrupt the foolish things of this world and to put a shame to the wise people and to confound the weak and say that we are going to make a difference because God is bigger than we are. No matter what happens to us in this life and there are things that happen that we don't like, we don't understand, we don't agree with, Are we going to be mad about it for the rest of our lives or are we going to say, dear God, help me to love you and help me to love other people. And no matter what happens to me, help me to be your child and a follower of you. Paul says, I give it to you what I have received. If we could take what God has given to us and realize the forgiveness that he shared with us and allow that to go to other people, we can make a difference in our world. During um, a time of great drought, a preacher A Scottish preacher named Dr. Guthrie was out, and during this drought, he prayed for rain during the morning service. And as he went to church in the afternoon, his daughter Mary handed him an umbrella and said, Here you go, Papa. And he said, What do we need it for? Aren't you thankful for people that help us to think beyond just our own actions of daily walking? She's looked at him and she said, you prayed for rain this morning. Don't you expect that God will send it? They carried the umbrella. And when they came home that afternoon, they were thankful that they had it because it had rained and it protected them God help us when we pray for something to believe that God's going to do it that God's going to make a difference in the people of our lives I can't remember if I've shared this story with you before um, but this is about Dr. Helen Rozier a missionary to Zaire And I know know I've read this before, but I don't remember if I've shared this here. A mother at our mission station died giving birth to a premature baby. We tried to improvise in the incubator to keep the infant alive, but the only hot water bottle we had was beyond repair. So we asked the children to pray for the baby and her sister. One of the girls responded, Dear God, please send us a hot water bottle today. Tomorrow's going to be too late because the baby will be dead. And dear Lord, send a doll for her sister so she won't be so lonely. That afternoon, a large package arrived from England the children watched eagerly as they opened it much to their surprise <laughs> under some clothing was a hot water bottle immediately the girl who had prayed the prayer she started digging deeper she said if god sent a bottle he sent a baby doll too god knew well in advance that this was going to be needed and this got shipped from England five months earlier and showed up when it was needed question that I've got to ask each one of us is are my feelings more important than how God wants me to live when he says forgive when he says trust, when he says give, when he says I want you to follow me, are we willing to do it or are we relying on our own, our own feelings? Number two, does God want all men to come to, to him? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes will have eternal life do I get to choose who goes to heaven no that's between them and God my my responsibility is to live for him and do everything that he tells me to do am I owed an apology because of what someone did to me that's between them and God God help me to just love And help me to accept other people. God wants us to trust in all things. God help us that we will be people of him, not people of ourselves. Would you bow your heads with me?